your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So the Korean independence activist Dosan An Chung-ho is one of the leading figures in the early Korean-American immigrant community in the United States. And an interview he did with the San Francisco Chronicle more than a century ago has been discovered recently by Professor Edward Tehan Chung from UC Riverside's Department of Ethnic Studies. And we now have Professor Chung on the line right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So, tell us a bit more about this interview uh, and what we discovered from it. Well, the it was, interview was done about a month and a half after he arrived in San Francisco. He arrived in on October 14, 1902. An interview was done, uh, published in December 7, 1902. And it's uh, incredible that it was almost a full page and has an extensive uh, note on the Korea. Uh, the Americans obviously knew very little of Korea, and they just uh, point out that Korea is invisible uh, sandwich between China and Japan. So they were very curious, and they depict Korea in detail. So that's one of the uh, two-thirds of the interview. And the latter part, last portion, talks about how and why An Chang-ho came and for what purposes and what his intentions are. So, so what were his intentions? Well, he came to learn and study at first. Uh, he landed in San Francisco. He tried to enroll at elementary school, but because he was over 18 years old, he was refused to enroll in elementary school. He, he wanted to learn English language and he wanted to learn Western ideology, democratic ideals and whatnot, but uh, he intended uh, to get, go back to Korea and contribute to Korea's modernization process by becoming a teacher. That, that was his intention. This was a, a very difficult period, of course, in Korean history as uh, it approached the official colonization period under Japanese rule. Uh, was there a sense in that interview of the challenges that Korea was facing? Yes. I, instead of uh, talking about politics, the article talks extensively about uh, geography, language, culture, customs, wedding ceremony, and it depicts Koreans as a uh, worship, uh, I mean, devil worshiper, and Koreans pretty much, uh, you know, details about, uh, it also talks about uh, Seoul itself, and which is very interesting. If I may uh, quote here, uh, pronounce Seoul, a uh, capital and metropolis of Korea. By the way, they use C instead of a K, Korea is a flattened out one-story city of 200,000 inhabitants. So it describes a completely different Seoul that you guys know of. It has no high-rises and is flattened, except the view of the palace. Palace was the tallest building in Seoul. So it's a very interesting article. Yeah. 
yeah. It reminds me of those alluring old photos of Seoul, which is... Yes, yeah, definitely, yes. ...really great from a historical perspective, but we cannot either escape An Chung-ho's role in the independence movement. So how did his experience in the U.S. impact his role after coming back to Korea? It was very important because he uh, became Christian and uh, learned a great deal about uh, democracy and democratic ideals. Uh, He wanted to implement what he learned from the United States to help modernize and rebuild Korea. Uh, He felt that uh, Korea lost the country because they lacked the power. So in order to empower themselves, they have to educate themselves, they have to learn new skills and rebuild. And he told every student in the United States to learn at least one skill so they could go back to Korea and help rebuild his mother country. That was his intention. And the Riverside, uh, where I'm located right now, was uh, the mecca of independence movement. Uh, he, Riverside, California, uh, he uh, built uh, what is known as a Dosan's Republic. That's how uh, the visitor named the place because Dosan tried to plant the seed of a democracy and democratic ideals and ran the whole town. It's a, it was a camp town, and uh, he ran like a democratic uh, principle based on democratic principle. And he at Right there, he established a cooperative association, and later on, uh, he initiated the whole idea of a new people's society, uh, which was established after he returned to Korea in 1907. And after he returned uh, from Korea in 1911, uh, Riverside was the foundation of uh, rebuilding uh, national, international, Korean National Association. So uh, his experience, his stay in the United States uh, was a pivotal point of uh, how and why he wanted to help uh, regain independence of Korea from Japan. How connected are Korean Californians today with this history, I wonder? Because there's a substantial uh, very number. Very little. Uh, the Riverside is to- almost absent from Dosan Anchang's uh, life. Uh, most people uh, in, uh, connect uh, uh, to Los Angeles and San Francisco, and yet the Riverside of our place was the key, the first, I would argue, the first Korea town in the United States, which was established in 1904-1905. Does this article, your discovery of which, uh, help to set the record straight and to uh, and to help better connect people today with uh, the, the past, the first arrival of Korean culture in that area? Yes, I'm hoping so. I'm trying to uh, correct any errors of uh, historical inaccuracies and also serve as a foundation for Korean-American young students to uh, learn about Korean-American history as well as Koreans in Korea to appreciate what he has tried to do and help uh, rebuild and gain re-independence of a mother country. You, you, have, you have to understand that uh, those Korean immigrants who came during the turn of the century, the number was less than 7,000. And of that, less than 1,000 lived in mainland California and other parts of the United States. And, and yet, 
uh, they made a tremendous sacrifice and uh, in terms of raising fund for independence fund and they sent uh, close to fifty thousand dollars to uh, provisional government in Shanghai, and and they also established numerous uh, independence organizations to support uh, whatever they can. Despite uh, uh, they, they suffered from uh, less than they were they were making like a dollar a day, mm. and they were saving money for independence of Korea. Yeah, it's not like they were so well off that they they could just uh, throw the money around. Uh, Professor Chang, I, I'm just curious. Uh, to backtrack somewhat, uh, and and also in the uh, line of thinking that there might be other sources that could be hidden away. How did you actually discover this article? Well, I was working on an article on Tosan's Republic, Pachapakem, as so I was looking for any material, historical materials on Han Chang Ho, and uh, I accidentally ran into this. I was very fortunate. Uh, to uh, have uh, hit this uh, article online. I found it online, so I was very uh, fortunate. And uh, it it is unbelievable that this full-page interview was unknown to scholars until now. I mean, that's an unbelievable story, actually. So it was just in the San Francisco Chronicles archives? No, I was going through. Uh, I'm, I'm a subscriber of a newspaper.com, where that's where I found this material. Wow. Well, it goes to show for any professional or amateur researchers out there, the internet is your oyster, and you never know what pearls might turn up. Professor Chang, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you so much. And good luck with your future efforts in setting the record straight. Professor Edward Tehan Chang from UC Riverside. You can email any of your thoughts or questions related to that or any of our topics this morning, efmthismorning at gmail.com.